Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Soundprints for the week of November 7, 2019. Catch Soundprints on ACB Radio Mainstream at our new days and times, Thursday nights, 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. Eastern, Friday during the day at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern, Sunday evening at 8 p.m. and 11 p.m., Monday mornings at 8 and 11 a.m., and Wednesdays at 4 and 7 a.m., and again at 4 and 7 p.m., all Eastern times. ACB Families reminds you that our membership drive is still underway, and you can get in on the fun. Join ACB Families between now and the end of November, and you'll be eligible to win some great prizes. First prize is a $75 Mini Mall gift card, and second prize is a $50 Visa gift card. Winners will be drawn at the Families Call on Sunday, December 1, and everyone who has joined Families for 2020 from last summer's ACB convention to the end of November will be eligible to win. But wait, there's another chance to win. If you join Families for 2020, and if you call into our December 1 conference call, you'll be eligible to win a $25 Visa gift card. ACB Families dues are just $8 a year. Pay dues by credit card by calling us at 502-897-1472. Or pay by check. Make your check payable to ACB Families and mail to 148 Vernon Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. ACB Families meets by conference call twice each month on the first and third Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. To join our calls, dial 712-432-3900 and enter code 796096. Join now and welcome to our ACB Family. It's still not too late to attend the 2019 KCB Conference and Convention held on Friday, November 15 and Saturday, November 16 at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Both days are packed with information, presentations, and activities that are guaranteed to please. Don't be left behind. Get in on the fun. Call us for more information at 502-895-4598. We share three interesting articles on page 2. First, we report on the reintroduction of the Alice Cogswell and Sullivan Macy Act into Congress. This bill would greatly enhance opportunities for children who are blind or visually impaired and children who are deaf or hard of hearing. Several months ago, we brought you an article about efforts to expand emoji symbols to be more inclusive, and our second article this week updates you on the new Apple emoji related to people with disabilities. Our last article on page 2 discusses the sounds made by quiet cars, how they differ in Europe, the United States, and other countries, and when the sounds will be implemented. Barry Shore is the owner of Guide Lights and Gadgets, and he has been an exhibitor at ACB conventions for many years. Barry was the guest on ACB Family's November 3 conference call, and he shared information about a wide range of products that his company sells. 
Listen to part of his presentation on page 3, and you'll discover many interesting items that you might want to order for the holidays. And on page 4 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. The following press release was posted on October 23 and is from cartwright.house.gov. The press release is entitled, Cartwright McKinley Introduced Bill to Improve Educational Services for Students with Hearing and Vision Disabilities. Washington, D.C. On October 23, 2019, Representatives Matt Cartwright of Pennsylvania and David B. McKinley of West Virginia reintroduced bipartisan bicameral legislation to improve educational services for students who are blind, vision impaired, deaf, hard of hearing, or deafblind. Senators Ed Markey of Maine and Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia introduced companion legislation in the Senate earlier this afternoon. The Alice Cogswell and Ann Sullivan Macy Act named after the first deaf student formally educated in the United States and the teacher of Helen Keller, respectively, would strengthen existing requirements for the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act of 1975, IDEA, to provide the best possible education to students who are blind, visually impaired, deaf, hard of hearing, or deaf-blind. This bill would improve state reporting and evaluating measures for students with hearing and vision disabilities and guarantee that educational resources are appropriately targeted. Quote, this bill takes decisive steps to ensure that students with hearing and or vision disabilities have the resources they need to thrive in school, said Congressman Matt Cartwright. Only by meeting these students' unique learning needs can we hope to finally close the achievement gap that exists between them and their hearing and sighted peers. Americans have made great strides since 1975 toward improving the lives of children dealing with hearing and sight disabilities, but there is still more work to be done, Representative McKinley said. We need to ensure the nearly half a million kids with these disabilities have the same opportunity as other children to learn and develop skills. This is a common sense step to ensure we are helping these children. End of quotes. Specifically, the Alice Cogswell and Ann Sullivan Macy Act would amend the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act of 1975 idea by requiring states to identify and evaluate children who are deaf, hard of hearing, blind, visually impaired, or deafblind, expanding knowledge about the scope and quality of special education and related services provided to students who are deaf, hard of hearing, blind, visually impaired, or deafblind, encouraging states to conduct strategic planning that guarantees all students who are deaf, hard of hearing, blind, visually impaired, or deafblind, receive the specialized instruction and services they need. Increasing the U.S. Department of Education's responsibilities to monitor and report on states' compliance with requirements relating to specialized instruction and services for students who are deaf, hard of hearing, blind, visually impaired, or deafblind. The bill is supported by over 75 organizations, including the Conference of Educational Administrators of Schools and Programs for the Deaf, CEASD, and the National Association of the Deaf. Quote, 
School systems have been required to appropriately serve deaf and hard of hearing students since IDEA was passed. However, many gaps in services remain, said David Gieslin, G-E-E-S-L-I-N, the president of the Conference of Educational Administrators of Schools and Programs for the Deaf, C-E-A-S-D. Quote, deaf and hard of hearing students can achieve high levels when their language, communication, and educational needs are addressed. The Alice Cogswell and Ann Sullivan Macy Act will help ensure that personnel and resources are available to support the success of these students, end of quote. Quote, in our country of opportunity for all, the Cogswell-Macy Act is a powerful bill that truly ensures opportunity and success for all children, particularly those who are blind or visually impaired and those who are deaf or hard of hearing, said Howard Rosenblum, Executive Director of the National Association of the Deaf. The National Association of the Deaf asks all legislators to join in a bipartisan show of support for all of these children, end of quote. Other organizations endorsing this bill include American Association of the Deaf Blind, American Council of the Blind, American Foundation for the Blind, American Society for Deaf Children, Cerebral Palsy and Deaf Organization, Children's Center for Communication slash Beverly School for the Deaf, Deaf Focus, Deaf Blind Citizens in Action, National Association of the Deaf, National Coalition of Deaf Blindness, National Deaf Blind Intervenor Initiative, National Family Association for Deaf Blind, NFADB, National Intervenor Association, Pennsylvania Partnership for the Deaf Blind, Telecommunications for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing, TDI, and the Global Foundation for Paroxysomal Disorders. The Cogswell-Macy Act is co-sponsored by Representative McKinley, West Virginia, Representative Fitzpatrick, Pennsylvania, Representative Norton, D.C. at large, Representative Pete King, New York, Representative Lujan, New Mexico, Representative Moulton, Massachusetts, Representative Moore, Wisconsin, Representative Peters, California, Representative Shakowsky, Illinois, Representative Schiff, California, and Representative Swalwell, California. This item was posted on ACB Leadership on Tuesday, October 29, and is entitled Apple's iOS 13.2 Introduces More Inclusive Emoji, Privacy Features, and Camera Tools. Last year, the American Council of the Blind collaborated with Apple to create a set of blindness-related emoji. These emoji are now available on the latest iOS update. This item appeared on CNN.com. San Francisco, CNN Business. After previewing new emoji this summer, Apple released nearly 60 new characters on Monday, many with a focus on inclusion and diversity. The iOS 13.2 software update features interracial couples, gender-neutral characters, and disability-themed emoji options, including a seeing-eye dog, characters in wheelchairs, and prosthetic limbs. Other new emoji include a waffle, butter, a sloth, and a yawning smiley face. In recent years, 
Apple has been on a push to offer more diverse emojis, such as different skin tones, occupations, and flags. In March 2018, the tech giant requested more emoji that were inclusive of disability in a proposal sent to the Unicode Consortium, the nonprofit organization that sets the global standard for emojis. Quote, Currently, emoji provide a wide range of options, but may not represent the experiences of those with disabilities. Apple wrote at the time, diversifying the options available helps fill a significant gap and provides a more inclusive experience for all. End of quote. The iPhone maker said it had consulted with top organizations for people with disabilities when submitting the proposal. Beyond emoji, Apple 13.2 adds a deep fusion camera mode to the iPhone 11 and 11 Pro, a tool that uses artificial intelligence to improve image quality. iOS 13.2 also features optional Siri recording, allowing users to better control whether to share audio recordings with Apple developers. In addition, the latest software features HomePod voice support for up to six different voices and compatibility for AirPods Pro. The high-end version of Apple's popular wireless earbuds unveiled on Monday. The company launched iOS 13 in September, but it's been buggy and has since issued updates. Claire Stanley of the ACB National Office is quoted in this following article entitled, Why Quiet Cars Are Getting Louder. This is from the New York Times and was posted on ACB Leadership on Monday, October 28. All electric vehicles in the United States will soon be required to make warning sounds so pedestrians can hear them coming. Driving an electric vehicle in near silence can be a joy for those who don't relish the rumble and whine of an internal combustion engine. But this hushed operation can be difficult to hear from more than a few feet away, making it a deadly problem for the visually impaired who can't see a vehicle approaching. Equipping such vehicles with audible alerts is vital, says Claire Stanley, an advocacy and outreach specialist for the American Council of the Blind. Quote, As blind people, we learn to travel across streets and maneuver through cities by reading the sound of traffic around us, she said. But the silent nature of electric cars suddenly robs us of such clues. Governments around the world have told automakers to turn up the volume for the safety of pedestrians and cyclists. Japan issued guidelines for acoustic vehicle alerting systems in January of 2010, with the United States and the European Union announcing regulations soon after. But the requirements differ among countries, both in terms of what the warning sound can be and when it should activate. In the European Union, an alerting system that sounds like an internal combustion engine and generates noise at speeds below 20 kilometers per hour, about 12 miles an hour, must now be installed in every new electric vehicle. Existing electric vehicles are required to incorporate the device by July of 2021. 
From September 2020, the United States will require all fully electric vehicles and hybrids operating in electric-only mode to make a sound at speeds below 18.6 miles per hour. While that window might seem overly precise, why not 19, the number is based on research showing that the electric motor and tires make enough noise at speeds above that value to alert pedestrians in time to avoid a mishap. Mercedes-Benz developed audio alert systems for its vehicles sold in Japan, China, the United States, and Europe at its acoustic test facility in Germany. Sounds for the Asian markets and the European Union are similar, while the tone for American cars is different. Tobias Beitz, B-E-I-T-Z, the head of sound quality and design at Daimler, the company that owns Mercedes-Benz, said the automaker had created a pleasant and natural sound. Quote, the system does not generate any science fiction sounds that are strangely imposed on the car, but emphasizes the already existing noise of the vehicle and blends in seamlessly with the overall sound, he said. A video comparing sound generator-equipped Mercedes EQC electric vehicles with regular cars is revealing. The European electric vehicle sounds a bit like an engine, while the American version produces a noise with a mechanical timber. Both produce a beeping sound, similar to that of a delivery truck when backing up. Jaguar has developed an audio alert system for its all-electric I-PACE luxury crossover that complies with both the European and American regulations. According to a news release, the alert was originally designed to sound like a spacecraft, but that version was shelved because it caused many pedestrians to look at the sky rather than the road. The sound the engineer settled on is mechanical in nature and sounds vaguely like the marriage of an electric motor and an internal combustion engine. When Chevrolet engineers created a sound for the Bolt electric vehicle, they worked within the 2018 requirements from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, but tried to create a pleasant tone that wouldn't blast through the vehicle's acoustics and annoy the driver and passengers, said Katie Minter, a Chevrolet spokeswoman. The placement of the speakers on the car is part of the equation. On the Bolt, one is along the center line of the vehicle's nose and another is in the rear to meet the requirements that apply when the car is backing up. Added that Adding that second speaker avoided having to make the front speaker loud enough to be heard from well behind the car. Last month, the United States Safety Agency proposed an amendment that would allow automakers to install a number of sounds in electric vehicles that drivers could select from, rather than one tone. While automakers have not yet announced a buffet of melodies for motorists, there are hints at what the future could look and sound like. The Mercedes, among brands, once tapped the rock band Lincoln Park to create a fake car noise. 
Nissan is expected to include in its electric leaf a sound it developed named Canto, a sort of electronic hum. And Tesla's chief executive, Elon Musk, has indicated that the suite of sounds in his vehicles could even include the bleat of a goat, among other noises. APH's Nearby Explorer is a full-featured GPS app for iOS and Android devices that empowers users to travel with confidence. It uses GPS and your phone's compass to speak real-time information about your surroundings, including millions of points of interest in the U.S. and Canada. Nearby Explorer is available on Google Play and on the App Store. Page three. All right. Well, we have a good group and want to thank everybody for being here. Um, our speaker tonight is Barry Shore and some gadgets. And if you've been to convention, you've probably uh, been by his booth in the exhibit hall. He's been there many years and always has lots of good things. And um, uh, so, but we, we've never had him on a family's call before. And Barry, we're just real glad you're here. And uh, I know that you've got plenty of things to tell us about. Barry, it's yours. Carla, thank you. It's really nice to do this. I am I am on a landline because it appeared when I was dialing in that using an iPhone wasn't going to work. Um, the problem with this may be that if I try to demo a couple of things, I'm going to put it to a speakerphone, but I think we're going to get a lot of feedback. I'm going to do a couple of things. We are different in a number of ways as a company. Number one, all, and the guide lights, by the way, what guide lights and gadgets is, and not some people know this, but the guide lights actually arose for my wife Kay's guide dog because she was the first guide light. And I met her 10 years ago, and Melanie has been the guide. Unfortunately, we had to put her down about six weeks ago, which is very sad, but she is the inspiration for the name. The gadget part of it is sort of me at the back end of this. Um, what we do that's really different is we, we do not, we try not to carry anything that any other blindness company technologically or otherwise carries. My fun in life after retiring as a lawyer is to go out and find things that are unique and in some cases actually make our own products, although I only want to do a couple of them because it's, it's both expensive and complex, but we really, you know, if you're looking for, you know, if, if you're looking for a lot of the stuff that you're going to see in two or three, you know, either catalogs or various websites, it's probably something we will not carry because we do not duplicate. It's not our way of doing business. What we try to do is to find stuff that works uniquely either um, as dog handlers or for the puppies or in the gadget world things that are accessible either right out of the box or things that we make because there is nothing more frustrating than buying a piece of accessible electronics or something from one of our one of the folks in the business and then having an awful lot of you know difficulty making it work that is one of the reasons and I'll this will be the end of the intro this is one of the reasons we do not sell over the internet we have a website it is www 
and spelled out gadgets dot us not com dot us okay let me do it again it's www dot guidelines and gadgets dot us as a catalog listing but the way we do product sales and I'll, I'll explain why I do this because it's different than any company in our industry I decided four years ago that I wanted no more returns based on people buying products that weren't going to work for them. And so what I end up doing is we email or talk to everybody. And if it's something that's going to work for somebody, that's wonderful. I will try to go the extra length to see if that's something that's going to make sense for somebody to buy. I'm going to start with what I will call the most popular and sort of the unique product group. That's going to be about six or seven items. And then I will move in general categories. We, we operate within three broad categories. One of them are, as I say, puppy products and handler products. Um, some pretty unique things, harness light strips, um, harness pouches that work really well for lots of folks, uh, just uh, zipper bowls, as I call them. It's a double bowl set of both a food and a water bowl that zips it. almost looks like a double Frisbee zipped in. That's something new we found, and we basically didn't have enough of them at the convention this summer. But So the, the dog side of the business is pretty unique, those products. The second side is the electronic side of the business, which is about 20 to 30% of it, and that is your usual run of headphones, speakers, cables, plus a few other unique things, which I'll talk about in a minute. And then the third part of the business, which has become pretty much everything a lot we do, is in leather products. We have been fortunate to become the distributor for some major U.S. leather manufacturers. And when I mean distributor, I mean we are, there is a company that, we live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and when we moved in, we found about a year after we got here, the largest wholesaler of motorcycle accessories in the United States. Not only do they make whips and jackets and whips and chains and all sorts of neat leather stuff, I'm serious, but they make the best leather bag products I have ever had the privilege of running across. And if you ever can imagine folks walking into a motorcycle hangout with an all a lot of tough people stand, staring at us, it was blindies meet bikers, and it was a really tense afternoon. But we got to the point that three and a half, four years later, they supply us with merchandise I cannot get anywhere else. I've never seen anywhere else. And that means shoulder bags. It means briefcases. It means they just supplied me. I found a case, for example, for anybody who uses the new Brano Touch Plus from Humanware that is, I mean, is incredibly protective. And motorcycle people throw stuff. So when they make leather phone cases or other stuff, you know it's going to work. Let me start with some popular product things in terms of, I guess I will say, the things that people seem to want the most of. Um, many of us have some involvement, obviously, with using our cell phones in a hands-free capacity when we're either outside or when we're doing some other task. And for other people, of course, who are using a phone either with Ira or Be My Eyes or some other way to get information. About two years ago, through one of our companies, we ran across, across what I would call a neck pouch. But this neck pouch has three different slots for people with different size phones 
that allows you to keep your camera. It's a, it goes around your neck. It's adjustable from your waist to your neck. I've sold over 500 of them in the last two years because at $15, they're reasonable. And they use a very heavy-duty cord, and again, they're adjustable both as to which phones you use and as to how high or low you keep it. So that's the first thing. The second thing I guess I would say that's probably the next level of popularity, um, we manufacture, and I won't tell the story, but we manufactured the world's only talking power bank charger. And the reason we do is that a company basically abandoned it three years ago in China, and I went to the CEO, and over a period of six months, we worked out an arrangement that if I took over the production of the manufacturing, they would continue to produce it. We're almost at the end of it. It's been two and a half years, but what it makes it unique, it is a talking charger. And the reason you want a talking charger is, I don't know how many of you, but I know what happens to me. When I'm looking to see if my phone has been charged and I've charged it up with something, if that something I use to charge it up is dead, your phone isn't going to be charged. This tells you how much charge is in it. It tells you when your device is charged. And quite simply, for a, it's a, it actually what I'm doing, uh, it's a, what they call for the technical folks, it's a 10,000 milliamp charger. It will charge an iPhone, for example, about three times. It of a pack of cigarettes, and we have, we're just about at the end of the run of them in the next month or two. I don't know if I'm going to go back to remanufacture them because it's an expensive proposition. We may. Um, I'd like to, it's not perfect because I had to deal with their design, um, and so when it comes on, it says, I'm there, I'm on, and I'm either full of energy, and if it doesn't tell you that I'm full of energy, it means you better plug me in and charge me, and when you plug me in, I'll tell you how much time I need to be charged up so that I can then start charging your phone. This year, for the, it's, this started as a $75 item. I'm going to let the rest of them go at $50 for this holiday year. We'll probably have them through January, and then again, I don't know whether we'll do that or not again. A third product came out of the similar situational use with Ira and with Be My Eyes, which is there are many of us who travel that need to be able to hear traffic while listening to GPS information or other information coming through a device. And some of you may have heard of aftershocks and a term called bone conduction headphones. And what bone conduction headphones do is they go on your temples and leave your ears clear so that you can hear whatever is around you, whether it's a, another app that's talking to you or whatever. But the problem is that bone conduction headphones, the ones that are the brand that is best known, is a company called Aftershocks. And they are expensive and they are good, but they are very expensive. Some people get headaches from them. They're, the good ones are about $150 a pair. And people, again, people who use Ira or be my eyes, swear by them because it's really one of the, there are other alternatives, but this is probably the best. Well, this is what happens to me. I got ticked off. I said, let's see if we can do it cheaper. And I found an incredible partner. I, I found a unique Chinese company with an individual who's head of marketing spoke English. We ended up with a pair of bone conduction headphones that fold up, that'll fit in your pocket. They will go over your temples. They are half the price of aftershocks and they are slightly louder. Now, 
they're not quite, I guess I would say, they're, they're, they're not quite as glitzy. Um, the aftershocks may be a little bit more adjustable on your head, but on the other hand, the issue of loudness and smallness makes people sort of make that happy and make that work for people. They fold to the size of a small pair of scissors. They look like two to th three inches long. They go in a pocket. They also come in a really nice leather case, by the way. But they fold to the size of a pair of scissors. And that's actually the thing I like about them the best because I don't always want to use them. And I want to sometimes just take them off and, you know, go back to doing something else differently. Let me go to 2019's most popular and incredible find. And I, this, this came out of nowhere. Um, I've always been upset with the fact that certain devices don't have significant volume. Anybody remember the original Victor stream when you basically had to put it in your ear to listen to it? Well, yeah. that's sort of how we got started a little bit in this business about 15 years ago, was I went to China and started making speakers for the Victor stream, which lasted for us 10 years and 5,000 speakers later. A little tiny thing, the size basically of a silver dollar. That's, or an egg, actually looked more like an egg that a couple of you may remember. Well, we found something, and I call it a sound box. And what's, it, it uses a, a principle of called magnetic induction, which means it's not Bluetooth, it's not wired. What this does and why it's so unique is, a, well, there are two models, one that uses what's rechargeable and the other that uses AA batteries. But what you do is you take any device, your phone, your Victor Stream, or whatever, and you put it on top of this thing, and it will triple the volume of your device. And I'm not Ooh. exaggerating. It's, it's magnetic induction. People have known of it for years. Now, one, one version, which is a $35 version, uses double A's, and for 90% of people, that's great. There is a really nice wooden version with a felt base that is also rechargeable. And the nice thing about that it sounds a little better, but, you know, it's only, it's, we're only talking a difference of $10, really. But the difference with that is it's got an on-off switch that you know when it's on or off. Now, I would demo it right now, but I have a funny feeling if I try to do it, it's going to get a lot of feedback because I'm hearing feedback already. But I can, I can, I can, I can tell you that there are <laughs> – we would have had a lot of these back if they didn't work. And it's actually a product – that was discontinued by a company several years ago. It is, it, it is, it's great if you want to, for example, read a book with somebody, as Kay and I often do, and we're in different parts of the room, or if you're cooking, or you don't want to hook up with a big set of speakers, or if you literally want to take a device on a trip and you know you're going to want to have to have your phone amplified in you know, a hotel room or whatever. I mean, this thing is only four, let me see, it is... Two inches by four inches by six inches. It is not big at all. And that's the sound box, and that's sort of become, as I said, if I looked at 2019 for the thing that's been really great and that people really like, I mean, I use it myself every day. In that same vein, there are a couple of others. I don't know about you all, but one of the things that really ticks me off is cables that break that don't charge, that basically don't do work with your phone, and that you find out only after you've plugged them in. 
and there are lots of different cables, whether it's micro USB, whether it's lightning, whether in the case of um, the old, some of the older legendary, um, the note, some of the note takers we use, use even the, the mini USB plugs. I'm, I'm sitting here with a U2 mini that uses a mini USB as a way to connect it. Well, I've been looking for five years. I said, I only want to carry one cable, number one. Number two, I want it not to break. Well, we found that. And it is a it is a three-in-one. It is a brass-collared cable that's about seven feet long with three separate extensions for lightning, Android, and micro-USB devices. It is, it is an extremely heavy-duty cable. It is basically, it is made of rope with the metal filament. And basically, if it breaks in the first six months, I give you a new one. Um, if you send it back to me and it's broken. It's a $30 cable. It's not cheap. But on the other hand, it's the only cable that goes in my bag. The best thing I like about it, it will charge Braille note takers. I have always wanted to find, I hate the adapters that we carry from all of the manufacturers. I've wanted to be able to carry a device, a cable that I could use to charge things, and it works for that, and that's sort of cool. All right, so that's, that, that's that, again, that's another one-of-a-kind cable. This is something we use. It's the only cable I will carry um, just because it works. Now, in vain, along with that, the other thing I don't like is having to go looking for lots of outlets when I'm not in my house and saying, okay, what am I going to plug this into? What am I going to plug that into? And we've sold over the years a whole bunch of different solutions for charging things meaning plugging into the wall. Well, about in April, we came across something that has turned out to be really a lifesaver for me and a number of people who use it. Imagine a little box that's two inches by two inches by two inches. On the various sides of that box are three USB slots and three AC outlet slots. Now, okay, there's lots of stuff out there like that. This thing actually has a surge protector. When you travel, you push the button. It enables the surge protector. It's got a four-foot heavy-duty cable. You plug it into the wall, meaning what? You're not going to overcharge your iPhone. You're not going to burn up your note-taker. It is one little travel cube. They are $45, and you know what? Again, I don't carry any other, all those little things with me. That's, again, that's, that's, that's sort of another a piece of the electronic solution. I believe that there is some level of affinity between us as blind people and bags. I don't know why it is, but I think we want to know where we put stuff. I know where I want to put stuff. I mean, it's like, okay. But bags seem to be something that just, if it works, if it's good, if it's quality, people want. One of the things we've discovered this year, and this is, this is, sort of an oddity because I never thought I would even use one, is I've been, I've been carrying around lately something that doubles as a combination rolling suitcase with really high-quality wheels as well as a backpack. It's convertible. And I looked at that thing, and I looked at it six months ago, and I said, nobody's going to buy this. And I brought them to the California, to the CCB convention in Fresno, and eight of them later, I'm like, wait a minute. This must, somebody must want these things. They're made by Embassy. They are not cheap. They are the, there's a 19-inch and a 23-inch. Literally, it's a backpack, and you pull up, 
you pull a handle up and it turns it into a pull wheeled duffel and you put the handle down i mean it's this is it's not a, it's not a cheap piece they're about 60 and 90 dollars for a 19 and a 23 inside and the only reason i'm telling you about it is when i first got them i said i don't know what i'm going to do with this and then i found out that a lot of people want to be able to switch things out from rolling a piece of luggage to putting it on their back and it's got a it's it's really large and protected compartments so you know if you're carrying a if you're carrying a big tablet or something like that you can do it the other things we do and i'm going to break bags down into a couple of categories i am a waste pack fanatic I have been a waste pack fanatic because I want my hands free, and I don't want things on my shoulders often. But here's the problem. I've been looking for waste packs that do two things. One of them are will able to stand up for a good amount of stuff to put in them, and secondly, uh, are big enough and durable enough that you're going to have them for a couple of years. Many of the packs that are made of canvas or out of nylon just aren't going to suffice. I have my, my personal competition has been to find the largest waste packs possible. I have found them. One of them is a 17 and a half inch long waste pack that I don't think you can stuff a body in it, but it's it holds a lot. Um, they're good with leather, and I mean it's a it's it's a it's a main it's actually an eight compartment pack. Two of those compartments are little Velcro compartments on the end, along with two zipper compartments, a main compartment, a front compartment, and a hidden compartment. And those are leather packs, and those are um, those are $45 waste packs. And I thought I was done with my search for the biggest or the most, shall we say, all-inclusively carrying pack. Then I ran into something from our motorcycle people. And that sort of did it, and that's now what I carry. It is out of cowhide. It is thick. Um, it is an eight by eight inch square pack main compartment. So when I say eight inches deep, that's much deeper than most waste packs. This oh. thing is capacious, and it holds a lot. Um, it's also got additional compartments on it, obviously back, front, and even sides, a couple of small side compartments for bills and keys. But these, this is a $60 heavy-duty cowhide compartment that it's going to last you a couple of years. Um, and, again, that's why they're that expensive, because these are, you know, thick cowhide. Again, this is out of the motorcycle folks who say, we're going to throw it from the bike. It better, it better be okay. Let me move to some things that are a little less expensive but extremely functional. Um, I have been wanting a bag that, oh, by the way, that, that cowhide pack carries a 20-cell note-taker really wonderfully and protectively, and that usually has got my note-taker in its first main compartment. But I also wanted a bag that would carry a lot of stuff that would be inexpensive, and we found it in what we have now termed our everything bags. And the reason I call it an everything bag is that some people believe they can put everything they own in it. Um, the way it happened is that <laughs> last year I, I handed one to a friend of ours and, um, at, at, um, at Guiding Eyes. And when, I, when we saw her a couple of weeks later, she said, catch. 
And the next thing I know, I caught what I thought was a bag, but turned out to be a football because it was as filled as a football. It was our bag with about 10 pounds of stuff in it and just about knocked me over. Um, it, it's, it's a seven or eight compartment shoulder bag crossbody that both vertical or horizontal, I can sort of do it either way, although it's getting a little tight to match people's styles. I like the horizontal because it holds no takers and larger objects better, but the vertical in some ways is more protective. And these are $30 bags, and that's for the holiday this year we're doing it. And this thing, it's, all, it's, it's leather, it's about eight compartments, it's, a, it's, it's six inches by nine inches, I guess I'd say, by about open full width, about five or five inches. And it holds a lot when you stretch it. Um, it the, only, the only challenge with it is is that I do wish they'd made the shoulder strap a little bit better um, for the bag itself. So the weight of it sometimes, I've had a couple of shoulder strap, the metal pieces, due to the weight of the bag actually sort of lengthen out. And that's, you know, that's just, again, if you're going to load something every day with 10 pounds, it might, it might do that. Barry, this has been really good. We really appreciate you coming, and it's been good information. I will post on the families list, I will post that phone number, um, the phone numbers, the email addresses, yeah. and the website address for you all. So watch the families list. Yeah. For that. I want to remind everyone that our membership drive is going on. Uh, anyone who renews or their dues or becomes a new member of families uh, in the next few weeks will be in on a drawing on December 1. And we're giving away three prizes. One is a $75 ACB Mini Mall gift certificate. The next prize is a $50 Visa gift certificate. And if you are on the December 1 call and you are a member, you've either renewed or joined families, uh, we will be also drawing for a $25 Visa gift card that night on that call. Our next call will be uh, in two weeks on November um, what would they be, 17. We'll be doing a little bit of business that night. We'll be talking about some convention plans. Page 4, the Sound Prince Calendar. November 8, Greater Louisville Council of Blind Roundabout. Education and technology, including individualized instruction, from 3.30 to 5 p.m. Discussion time from 5 to 6 will include tips on measures, substitutions, and seasonings. Dinner is 6 to 7, $6 per person. Bingo from 7.30 until 9.30, $2 a person. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, for more information and to sign up, call 502-895-4598. November 9 is the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Board meeting at 11 a.m. by phone. The conference number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On November 9, the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have a workshop from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. Join a professional dog trainer to discuss solving behavior problems with your guide dog at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Enrollment is limited, so call Deb Lewis. Guide Dog Users of Kentucky and a President at 
502-721-9129. November 10, KCB Next Generation will have its chapter meeting at 8 p.m. by telephone. The conference number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 357-259-5193. On November 12, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its regular monthly meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time in Owensboro. The speaker is Kristen Allen, Nurture to Nature Wildlife Rehabilitation Center. We will also hold elections, discuss the upcoming KCB State Convention, share information and more at the Wesleyan Heights United Methodist Church, 1215 Sherm Road in Owensboro. Please note that this is a new location for the meeting. Information, call 270-684-4418 or 270-686-8689. November 12 will be a Savvy Board meeting at 7 p.m. Central Time by conference call. The number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 357-259-5193. November 13, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will meet by conference call at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The number is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155619. November 15 and 16 is the KCB State Conference and Convention. Enjoy workshops, programs, exhibits, food, and friends at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. For more information and to pre-register, please call 502-895-4598. November 16 is Radio Waves from 1 to 3 p.m. Sponsored by the American Printing House for the Blind. Please note that this activity will also be part of the KCB convention. APH will celebrate 100 years of radio broadcasting by taking you back to a time before computers, before television, when families would gather around the radio to listen to soap operas, spine-chilling dramas, gripping mysteries, and gut-splitting comedies. The first radio broadcast occurred in 1919. 100 years later, we'll bring you our own live radio broadcast with vocals by talking book narrators from the APH Sound Studio and sound effects by students at the Kentucky School for the Blind. November 17, ACB Families will hold its next meeting. This meeting will include business as well as topics for discussion. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering code 796096. On November 18, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold a board meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 357-259-5193. On November 20, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its next conference call, support group meeting, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Individuals statewide experiencing low vision are encouraged to ask questions, share tips, and offer comments. The phone number is 669-900-6833 and the access code is 357-259-5193. On November 22, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have roundabout from 
3.30 until 9.30 p.m. Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5. Tip Sheet, from 5 to 6. Dinner, $6 per person, from 6 to 7. And Music, after dinner, from 7 until 9.30. All at the United Crescent Hill Ministries. For more information, call 502-895-4598. November 23 is the Thanksgiving Open House at the American Printing House for the Blind from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Looking for something uniquely Louisville to show friends and relatives visiting for Thanksgiving? Bring them to APH's one-of-a-kind museum. Visitors can write their names in Braille, see a book from Helen Keller's Bible, learn about guide dogs, play games, and read books designed for children who are blind, and enjoy many other activities in our award-winning museum. The museum also has on display the first book written by Louis Braille in which he describes his new method of writing with dots. Holiday goodies and spiced cider will be served. Registration is not required for all ages. For more information, call the APH Museum at 502-899-2213. On November 23, ACB Next Generation will host its next Saturday Night Live Hangout. At 8 p.m. Eastern by phone, ACB members and individuals under the age of 40 are invited to join this nationwide Saturday night chat focusing on a designated topic. The phone number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. November 24. KSB alumni will hold its next board meeting at 8 p.m. by conference call at 605-475-6006. The code is 294444. On November 25, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have a membership call. This is open to anyone who's interested in guide dogs or would like more information on guide dogs. It's at 7 p.m. Eastern Time by phone. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On November 25, Savvy will hold a Budget Committee meeting at 8 p.m. Central Time on the Zoom conference call at 669-900-6833. The code is 357-259-5193. November 26, ACB Next Generation will have its Nationwide Organizational Development Committee conference call, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The phone number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 357-259-5193. On November 27, the Bluegrass Council will hold its Peer Support Group meeting, from noon to 2 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. For more information, call 859-259-1834. And on November 29, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its Thanksgiving roundabout from 3.30 until 9 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. For more information and to sign up, Call us at 502-895-4598. Some important dates to remember in December are December 7, the Christmas with the Council Christmas Party in Louisville from 4.30 until 9 p.m., sponsored by the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind, 
Tri-State Library users, Guide Dog users of Kentuckiana, KCB Next Generation, and the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On December 8th will be the 8th Annual ACB Radio Holiday Auction from 6 p.m. until all items are sold. It can be heard on all ACB Radio channels, and also you'll be able to listen via the Zoom telephone line. More details will be posted soon. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.